Here's Jesse. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh. It's cold out there, right? Man. But to the people back east, this is not cold. This is summer. And they can't believe we're complaining. It's like 54. <laughs> Did you tell me you were moving? Or maybe there was someone else. Did you say you moved? Moving out of California? West Virginia, maybe. Oh, yeah? You ever lived there before? I have not. Well, why West Virginia? Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and I can respond to your questions and comments. Uh, And again, thank you for tuning in. Good morning, y'all again. Merry Christmas, everybody. Y'all ready for Christmas? Yes, sir. Oh, nice. You doing your shopping and all that? No. <laughs> the one thing I remember about Christmas when I was a little kid, I had always wanted a little red wagon. And I don't know if they still make those, do they? Well, they had the long handle on it. And uh, I remember as a kid, I totally wanted one. And one morning, I, Christmas morning, I woke up, and it was under the tree. And it still stays with me right now. I feel like going back to Alabama and finding my wagon. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes little things just stay with you like that. Um, any questions about anything? Anybody had a life this week? Any testimonies? Anybody alive? Did you come to receive or to share? Receive? <laughs> well, you're doing a poor job of Oh, you you came to receive, not to share. Oh, no wonder. What? Uh, yes. Okay. So a, a student, I teach martial arts. Uh, it's kind of a slide hobby. You do? I do, yeah. And uh, one of my students, a uh, 32-year-old young man, he, um, one day, this is a couple How months. How old are you? I'm uh, 52. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were 30-something. You look 30-something. It's well. It's just, white. Don't crack. It's sh- shockingly. It's it's shockingly white. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he asked me kind of out of the blue one day. He just asked me. We were kind of between work, finishing working out, and he goes, "How do you deal with thoughts?" Just out of the blue. Right on. So I told him. Uh, I told him to forgive his parents, and I then I mentioned your silent prayer and gave him the URL. And then I didn't see him for like two months. Just like. Too much truth or something like that, you know. My Satan starts speaking in my small, my mind, right? And he just like gone, and and then he came back, and then a couple couple workouts later, I asked him. So, you know, you'd ask me about this, and I go, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, I I forgave my parents, and he forgave his brothers." Right on. Um, 
and I said, well, how'd it go? Like, how'd it go with your mother? And he, he goes, oh, it's kind of interesting with my mother, you know, this and that. And I go, okay, great. But, it, but you did it, right? You went to her and forgave her. And he goes, yes. And then I go, well, what about your father? And he's like, well, that, um, you know, I did it, but I feel so clean with my father. Like, I'm just totally clean yeah. with my father. Yeah. And then I forgave my brothers, and it's like, <clears throat> I go, do you feel better? And he's like, yeah, everything feels better. Nice. Right so, on, man. As a testimony. Spreading the word. Right. A so. disciple out there. That's cool. Nice but, testimony. But I thought it was really interesting, and you, you've kind of talked about this, when people are ready. Yeah. God gets them in front of someone that'll just absolutely tell them in front of him. He's like, if you see, you shall find. Right. I mean, because it was a really out of the blue. I mean, we're doing martial arts, and he's like, how do you how do you deal with thoughts? Yeah. You know, that was the open door. So, and it's not like I asked him. So it was totally God just going, yeah, okay, you're ready. Go. You know, absolutely. Get in front of that. So nice. That's, that's a testimony. That's cool. Uh oh. You going down? He's like right, right in the beginning too, man. <laughs> You going down, you just made the unforgettable mistake. Unforgivable mistake. <laughs> and the Bible says, thou shalt not have your phone on in church. <laughs> um, anybody else? Yeah, let me take here and then here. Okay. Hey, Jesse. Hey, this is your first time here? It is, yeah. What's your name? Eli, man. Eli? Yeah. Nice name, Eli. Thank you, man. Um, where are you from? Northern California. Right on. How'd you hear about us? Uh, through a friend. Nice. Named Phil, yeah. Well, welcome, man. Thank you, man. Okay. Uh, my testimony, you know, like a year ago, uh, I was homeless, and I'd been uh, beaten up so bad by my, my girlfriend's brothers that I just had a concussion and like a bunch of broken bones in my face. They literally beat you up? Really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, I ended up in the ER and had a, yeah, I had a concussion, a broken face and shattered ribs. And then I called you guys for the first time. Um, I thought it was so cool to be like on the, just to be. You called the show? Yeah, I talked to, uh, I talked to Hake and then I talked to you. Oh, okay. And then I uh, started smoking pot a lot and then called Hake and he's like, you know, he's I could, feel, you know, I could sense the pot in you, you know, and so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said he can sense the he pot. He could sense in it, you. man, and he was right, dude. Because I called him before, and we had a great Spiritual conversation. Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I finally came down to LA in my car, and then I uh, ran into uh, Nick at a store, and really? out of nowhere, and uh, just been trying to get me to come to church and. Uh, finally made it, and right on. but you guys saved my life, man. And now I don't smoke pot, I don't drink. I'm, right on. You know, How old are you? I'm twenty twenty eight now. I just turned twenty eight. So. Good man. Yeah, man. But you guys really, really helped me a lot. And uh, now it's my turn to have the phone. That's your phone. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. you were late. You were late coming in anyway. You didn't hear. It was God texting me, so it should be good. <laughs> I just. <laughs> But yeah, but you guys, you guys really were there for me a lot, and uh, I just, I really appreciate the honesty, and the, it just really allowed me to come back to God and and feel like a transparent, uh, right on, connection man. with Him. So thank you. Wow, amazing yeah. testimony. I wish you well. Thank you, man. Steve, are you doing the prayer? Yeah, and I got my lady doing the prayer too. So really? Yeah, my mom's doing it right now as we speak. I think. So. Your mother doing it too? Yeah, I just sent her the links. So. That's a miracle. Yeah, man, that, it is. It is. Dude. That's like parting the Red Sea. Yeah, my dad believes in God now too. It's crazy, dude. So. Nice. Thanks to you guys, really. So. Well, God bless you, man. God bless I'm glad you too. you're here. I'm Any questions about anything? Um, 
I guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, me and my girl, you know, we live together and we're not married. And I'm just, that's something that's been on my mind about how to best handle that since we're on a lease together till, right. you know, February. But, you know, we're, we work together. Uh, we, we read the word together as much as we can and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's one thing I, I want to tell you, because when we are in that father state, we can't see what we're doing. And all decisions that we make are always the wrong decision, right? Mm-hmm. But now that you're waking up mm-hmm. and you see that, wow, what have I done here, right? Yeah. Do not overreact and don't judge yourself. Mm. Because God is not going to judge you for that. He just the heart. He mm. wants you to be of love and not of hate. Uh-huh. And you guys just be patient and do the silent prayer. And you'll find yourself doing it the right way. Okay. But don't overreact, because if you do, you make the wrong decisions at the wrong time, yeah. and then you regret that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you mean. What yeah, so saying. just be glad to see it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, it'll work itself out, because God really, really loves us, mm-hmm. and he's not holding that against you. He realized that we couldn't see. You couldn't see. So he'll take care of that. Thank just you. Just watch the heart. Don't hate. Don't overreact. Okay. Yeah, it'll work out. Thank you, Jesse. You're welcome, man. Glad Amazing. you're healthy, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for being here. God bless you. What's your name? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Jay Hannah. Jay Hannah, welcome. Thank you. Have you heard any of the shows? Uh, I mean, he's got me listening to them. I, before before we met, no, I hadn't. But right. he's, he's been playing them in the car like while we're driving around and at home. <laughs> so nice. he's got me listening to the show more. And uh, uh, any questions about anything or disagreements or anything? Uh I mean, uh, not that I know, not that I know of. If I come up with anything later, I'll let you know. Okay. It's cool to see you in in person. Isn't that amazing? For the first time, it's kind of surreal. Am I still as black as an ace of space in person? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you say yep? Oh yeah. No, you're blacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, stay with the prayer, and don't give it to anger. And your life's going to get better, better, better. It'll be amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, right here. Um, this is more of, a, I guess, a testimony. I was talking to my husband driving here. Actually. Finally. And <laughs> uh, so what I was realizing, because... Um, you know how you say you should know yourself, right? And you should be patient. If ever that was true, knowing thyself is the way to go. If you don't know yourself, you it's a mess. So I experienced something pretty um, kind of like, whoa, this is like for sure like the epiphany of knowing yourself, right? Yeah. Of an example of what it will do if you know yourself. And... I realize women do this a lot, right? In my women, women, people, women in America is women. Women do that a lot. Uh, (laughs) Be patient with my English. (laughs) No, No, it's okay. It's good that you correct me, because. But what I'm saying is, um, and I realize this. Well, I'm gonna go to to what what made me realize it. So we were. I was. I was saying to my husband, oh, good morning to him every day he wakes up, right? Which is something so stupid that I didn't realize why I was saying it, why I was always saying good morning. Until yesterday, something happened, and he didn't say good morning back, and I didn't, normally he he doesn't say good morning back, and I'm like, oh, whatever, like, I don't care, right? Right. But then something else happened 
later that day, right? A mis misunderstanding of him with me, like for what I was saying or something like that. And then I begin seeing, um, oh, wait, is he, like, then Satan came to my mind and said, oh, wait, um, is he mad at you because yeah. of this? Because he didn't say good morning, yeah. right? And then he, and I explained, I said to him, oh, this is, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm going through, right? And then he said, no, this is evil. Like, you saying good morning to me is evil. You're just trying to control. And I didn't saw it at the beginning when he said it. I just glazed it off. And I didn't say anything back or anything. Like, it was just like, oh, whatever. Um, I just don't want to see it, you know, because you don't know yourself at that yeah. moment, right? Yeah. But then later, something made me, like, re like not think about it. So something brought it back to my attention, right? And I realized, oh, wow, this is what what I, what women go through when they, because they have such in America, a, still women, women, <laughs> women, whatever, women go through because they have such an ego. They don't want to <laughs> accept it. They don't want to say, yeah, I did this yeah. because I wanted to control you because saying that will make them lose control. Right. Absolutely. So, and they don't see it. They, they really don't. I don't feel like I decided not to see it in that moment when he said it, I feel like it was, it just happened. Right. And then later I realized and I was like, oh, wow, it's not even my decision. Yeah. It wasn't my decision at all. My decision now is not even my decision seeing it, like realizing it. It was just God showing it to me and make help me know myself and see this is what Absolutely. what the evil, evil of the women. I don't even want to say that in word. America no. is women. <laughs> it goes through, women. and that's why because I was thinking there are so many women that don't don't accept things, and I'm thinking, well, how can you not accept it? Is this is so? It's clear that you're doing that, right? Yeah. But it's I see now why you get into that trap by happening to by by this happening being happening to me. I see it, and I'm like, whoa, this is right on. Uh, like. An ex perfect example of knowing yourself, yeah. not to your own ego, but like dying, like not even wanting to let anything control you or control right. anybody. Nice. So, You're doing a silent prayer morning and night? Yeah. Every morning, every night? Yes. Actually, every morning, every night? Yes. Actually what? Actually, this week I began doing it every morning, every night, because oh, okay. I wasn't doing it every night. I was doing it just every morning. Right. And I feel like because I was doing it this week, so, like, I was, like, really trying. Like, I was, I said, okay, after last Sunday, you kept saying something about the silent prayer, <laughs> and it felt like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I need to get on top of that, yeah. right? So I, I didn't feel guilty, but I felt like, okay, I need to get to, on top of that, because this is something that I feel God is telling me, okay, you need to do it and then i did it this week and that this realization came across yeah, yeah, and i was like with it. wow so let's say and talk you out of it yeah right on so yeah. nice pastor mike here to me yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> good morning good morning this is uh, your first time here right it is and what's your name alan alan where are you from florida oh yeah how did you hear about us i saw you guys on youtube Oh, yeah. What was your first impression? Were you, uh, do you remember the first videos you saw? Just that um, it stood out in, you know, in what you were saying a lot more. It stood out from everything else, I guess, uh -huh. that I've been watching. Yeah. And so have you gone and forgiven and all that? Yes, I have. How did that go for you? Uh, it was actually pretty easy. Yeah. Um, I had something that was, it was harder to What's do. That? So um, I was in school for way too long, and uh, quitting was the hardest thing. You were in high school or college? College. 
Yeah. Uh, and quitting college with heart. Yeah. Why? Just um, being able to overcome the fear. Of quitting uh, college? Yeah. And what were you afraid of? Well, um, you know, I was sort of told, you know, how important it was. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, and I've been doing it so long, it felt like I was uh, losing something by giving it up. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And so how long have you been in college? I was forever. Um, More than four years? Oh, yeah. It was a, a Ph.D. program. Oh. And, and those can last a long time. Um, I was in it for, I think, like six years. Wow. Yeah. No so. wonder. <laughs> and did you get the Ph.D. or you just dropped out? I, I dropped out. Okay. Uh, I got a master's. Not that it matters too much. but uh, Yeah. That's amazing, man. Uh, what made you finally decide, you know, I'm done here? Watching you. Yeah. Um, you know, just thinking like, you know, what, what am I doing? Uh, I guess uh, doing this even though I'm afraid and I had all this anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, I was really just thinking like, you know, what, what am I doing? So. It's amazing how uh, parents and others can make you think that college is everything. Yeah. And it's not. It's amazing. Well, good. What's your master in? Math. Math. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. So are you a teacher? Uh, well, right now, I don't know. I'm just uh, figuring things out, I guess. Right on. But, uh, nice. Any questions for me? Questions? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll think of something after the show. But, uh, okay. Not well, right I'm, now. But. I'm glad you're here, man. Okay. Um, is there one thing in life that you have control of? I mean, I don't think so now. <laughs> now I think about it. Um, but, I mean, ever, you know, once I uh, quit, I've just been totally calm and yeah. uh, peaceful. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm on the right track. So oh, Okay. But you can't think of one thing in life that you have control of, um, that you can control. I mean... I mean, it feels like I'm in control now that I've quit. Yeah. I don't know, you know, to what level. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I've uh, felt very relaxed. I mean, it feels like I'm in control. Right on. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, thank you, man. If you have any questions, let me know, all right? Okay. Okay. Right here. Is there one thing in life you have control of? Uh, there, there, uh, there's a lot of things. That think, you uh, that you control, sure. Uh, as long as it's not so personal, give me one thing that you're in control of. Uh, well, I can uh, wipe wipe off my sunglass lenses and make them more. I mean, something real, better. man. What oh, I don't. <laughs> hey, well, that's important. You know, it, it makes me happy to have. It makes you happy to wipe off your glass, and you're in control of that. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not because they, when they fog up, that's not you. You're not stopping it. Yeah, sure. So now, can you think of something else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in my, my house good. I, I don't know if I'm in control of that. Cause it, right. you know, um, Have you ever thought about that? What am I in control of? Or do you just assume you're in control of everything? Um, yeah, you're, I, I, I don't know. I, I, hmm. 
I guess I could keep, you know, keep my house keys on me so I don't lose them. Anything real? Wow. <laughs> Sometimes you forget where your house keys are. Yeah, I've done that. Um, <laughs> what a mess, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, huh. I don't know. I guess nice. I guess I'm not in control of much then. Yeah. Uh, right here in the corner, way in the back. Is this your first time here? Yes. Oh, it is. Welcome. What's your name? Keith. Keith. Any? Are you? Where are you from? I'm from Mississippi. Mississippi. Everybody yeah. crooked letter. That's right. Wow. Welcome, man. Thank you. Uh, any questions or anything for me? No, I don't think I have any questions coming to mind now. But, right. uh, I appreciate the way you approach uh, questions and just approach the uh, information that you give out. Yeah. Any, any, anything that, can you name me one thing you're in control of? It is, uh, I can see that I'm in greater control of myself, but even that I didn't get from myself. God has given me a greater sense of self-control. And in what way, for example? Give me that example if you can. Uh, my response is I can't control what's happening around me, what is being done to me, but I can control how I respond to it. Nice. And even though I can't control the outside inferences, as long as I have that peace on the inside, that self-control comes from God. That is amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. Prior to that, did you think you were in control of anything? I did have false uh, sense of thinking that I could control it. Yeah. yeah. You're right, a false sense of thinking that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to get to know yourself. That's right. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Are you doing a silent prayer? I do, yes. Yeah. Every morning, every night? Every morning, every night. I do it, do it without trying now. Sometimes um, eyes wake up, um, eyes open yeah. to, to, to influence that. And uh, before going to sleep, you know, right I, I, I'm usually one that has to try to make myself sleep. I don't traditionally get eight hours of sleep. Right. Uh, and... I think uh, that's part of that coming into um, becoming used to doing that. I used to look at myself and want to get more sleep, but I don't really need it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like that too. I'm black. Yeah. I want all the sleep I can get. Yeah. I'm like a Mexican. <laughs> don't mess like your sleep. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> Good, man. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If you have any questions or comments, let me know. All right. Thank you. All right. The young lady right in front of you. Um, is there one thing in your life you control? No. Before knowing that, did you think you were in control of anything? Oh, yeah. Like what, for example? Uh, I grew up to think that everything was up to me. I grew up, you know, my dad told me that everything was, you have a choice in everything and you can make that decision yourself. And so yeah. I grew up thinking that I was in total control over every aspect of my life because he was the one who, you know, told me that where he's in his position in life right now because it's every choice that he's made up until that point. Yeah. It's always been him doing these things. And so I thought, well, my dad's telling me these things. I <laughs> trust him. I respect right. him. So I guess he's right. But I realized now that, no, I'm not in control. What is it like knowing that you're not in control of anything? What is that like for you? Well, when you have faith, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, we had an amazing women's forum this past Thursday night. It was our last one for this year. And it was really, really enlightening. It was fun. Uh, okay. Uh, anybody here 
you're in control of anything or you think you are? You're in control? What are you in control of? You're in control of that? Yeah. And why do you say that? Because I've been doing it for uh, 30 years. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, what? oh, I heard him. He said he's in, in control of the time he has been with God. Nice. Yes, sir. You, you're in control of something? Nice. Interesting. Morning, Jesse. Good morning. Uh, no, you're not in control of anything. Did you, at one time, did you think you were in control of something? Uh, yeah, at a certain point growing up, but I mean, I believe it's the process you got to go through to realize and wake up and see the smell of flowers. So, uh, what was it like thinking you were in control? It was hell. In what way? Because uh, you're getting let down, you're getting put down every single step you take. Yeah. Uh, you're not really having that faith or letting things manifest for you to take that opportunity when it, when it arrives. Absolutely. So when you kind of commit to one little thing, it kind of, you put yourself in a box where, I mean, literally you're putting a glass ceiling over yourself without even knowing it. Uh, and having that ultimate faith with, you know, with God and, and knowing yourself and having that confidence, you allow yourself to go through things and then that faith kind of, you know, enables you to, 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 to you know, take all the hits that, that come, yeah. negative or positive. Uh, that's why, you know, you know, really what you always say is that, the negative things in life and the positives, you kind of accept them both ways because you really, really understand that you can't control anything. Yeah. I mean, you got to let it manifest and have that faith and hopefully, you know, God always works it out. Is it hard having that faith? No, it's actually the ultimate freedom for me personally. Okay. I'm, I'm like free uh, mentally. You know, we live in the, the best country in the world. We're spoiled brats, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think we're at a tipping point where finally now like you know the message you men we have to come back and restore the order uh again it's a process uh i understand me i'm not perfect uh but uh you know the the want and the belief and the faith and really understanding you know that's what it is that's the only way out i believe right on yeah amazing one last word right here <laughs> are you in control of anything uh no and did you think you were in control before I used to, yeah what was it like thinking you were in control? Um, a lot of friction, like a lot of like pushing the accelerator and the brake at the same time. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt like. Now it's like, you know, it, it's like you, once you kind of realize that whatever you know, everything as corny as like cliche as it sounds, like everything happens for a reason. It's like it's yeah. laid out. It's already laid out, even though you don't know it yet. Um. Even the so-called bad stuff, it's already laid out for you. And what is it like knowing that? Um, it, it's it's still kind of a hard concept for me to grasp, but um, it's it's a lot less stressful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And why is it hard to grasp at times? Um, well, it's like you know, you got you're 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 given your own life. You'd like to think that. Um, you, you could have some sort of say in how how things go. Yeah. You know. Amazing. So. That's good, man. Yeah. Um, 
the reason I ask that is because I've learned a lot over this last this year and last year and last year, especially since counseling a whole lot of folks around the world. And I realized that it's the same problem, it's the same spirit, and the solution is the same. And what I realized is that, especially when I was sick and I had nothing but time to myself, the one thing I want to challenge, encourage you to do, not challenge. I want to challenge you that when you pray, when you go in your room to be still, wherever you do it, don't have the radio on, don't have the TV on, don't be high, don't be drink before and while you're doing it. And I want to encourage you, do not reach outside for anything, outside of you for anything. And I want to encourage you to sit still and you will see that you're not in control of anything. You will see that this thing that made a home in you has been controlling you and deceiving you and, and yet destroying you. And the way that it destroys you is by making you or causing you to overreact. To overreact. Because the minute something happens, and if it looked like you're losing something or whatever, right? The moment you overreact, you start to lose. Because the moment you overreact, uh, he'll throw something else on your mind. And now you're a little bit more overreacting to the issue, whatever it might be, right? And then while you overreact to that, he'll, he'll bring all his little demons. He'll go wake them up. He'll like, y'all come on in and help me here. You know? <laughs> and he'll just throw stuff on you until after a while, Satan said, you know what? You might as well kill yourself. It's like over, right? And so, but what's so wicked about it, it when you are in there, it sounds and feel like you. It sounds real and you're in that darkness now. It just makes sense, it seems, right? And, um, and so what I realized is that for me, I am all in now. I clearly see that of myself, I can do nothing. And of myself, I know nothing. Really, that there's not one thing that I'm aware of on this earth that I am in control of. I'm not in control of myself or anyone else or anything else. And that, so I have totally, you know, God, Christ said, pray and watch. Right? Because there's a battle going on inside between the light and the darkness. It's a real battle. And the darkness doesn't want to die. And it lives by deception. It tells you what's going to happen. And it tells you what has happened. And if you believe it either way, it got you. Because God said what has happened is over. And don't even think about tomorrow. But it tells you that, oh no, your house is burning down. And you're not going to be able to put it out of far uh, out. And if that house is real important to you, you'll kill yourself for it. Really. You're too attached. You're too identified with it. And so he uses that against you. And I realized because when I was sick, I had more time to rest. I had more time for prayer and all that longer time. I prayed for like an hour, an hour at most. And I realized, wow, I'm just not in control. 
And I can see that. Another very, 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 and I'm telling you this because I want you to get to know yourself. I'm not a, a authority. I hear that people think of me as authority. Some people think, I'm not an authority. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Except for the authority of the parents. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm not a guru. I'm just Jesse who are discovering these things that I'm telling you about. Now I realize, and I know for sure that the Father is working through me to give you this message because his grace is, is uh, different than we are. We judge and we want to hurt each other. But his grace is, is, is amazing. And so he changed my heart from hate to love. And that's when I first realized I wasn't in control. But then time has gone by and I've noticed that there is an entity like another spirit inside of us, in here. It's in the mind. It's like, it's like we're possessed. You know what I mean? It's like, and I used to hear, you can read in the Bible where Christ went and he healed people and the devil came out of them. We're possessed. And we can't do anything about that possession, being possessed until we come back to the Father. Because once he changes the heart, which is of love and not of anger, not of judgment, not of anything, now he can fight that battle for you. But as long as you try to fight it, you're playing God. And you think that you can do something about it. And all you're really doing is digging a hole for yourself. And I don't care what mistakes you made, God's not holding it against you because you can see. As long as you know that you're wrong, and you realize, I, I couldn't see. That's dumb for me to do that. And you take full responsibility for being wrong and not being able to see. He doesn't care about it. He just wants you to see that. But he'll do the rest. I have come to realize that I hope. I never believe another thought. I never get into this crazy mindset. Uh, and that I just... Become, I just walk by the light because what I'm coming to realize is that the thoughts are a mess. I used to wonder why do people think I'm better than them because they'll put me up here and I'm learning now that in their own mind, which is not their own, because they hear the truth coming through, they put me at a different level. And I don't know they've done it until they get mad. I'm like, what the? Because... Really, I'm just Jesse. I still have to pray. I still have to watch these things. I still have to surrender, just let go, right? And I know that God is with me, but the thoughts are total darkness. There's no light in the darkness at all. It has no way of having any light. It is total wickedness. In darkness, there is no light. But what happens when you come to the Father then the light of the Father shine on the darkness. It shines on the darkness, but the darkness cannot perceive light. It's just that he can't defeat you anymore. And so I've come, I'm at a point where I'm just totally letting go. And as one of you guys are saying, whatever happens, let it happen. Let's God will be done and not get ahead of faith. Faith follow. You follow faith. You don't leave faith. Meaning that you don't come up with your own outcome. You don't come up with your own false hope of the outcome. You want God's will to be done. 
and you know he's with you, and whatever that will is, it'll be fine, and you'll be able to deal with it. But, but you got to know that it's not you. We are all possessed. We're like robots. Really. I heard this uh, video take someone sent me the other day, and it talked, and I'm not going to be able to tell this story exactly how it happened, but this father had a major business, according to this videotape. And the father, uh, what he did was he built robots, like y'all with those computer things, and he built those robots in human-like form. And so when you saw the robot, it looked like a human, it acted like a human, it, it it, it was just like a human. So when you saw it, if you were your eyes were not open, you wouldn't know it was a robot. And so he had he was like, well known, major business, blah blah blah, right? There are a lot of wise men that used to be in the world. I didn't know that until recently. They just we don't have any now, we have one or two. <laughs> I used to think the wisest men in the world were my grandfather and and people like that. Uh but anyway, so this guy manufactured robots. Right. And so he had so every year they would have this major convention and they would invite the media. They would invite the preachers, everybody that you thought was wonderful, the entertainers. And they would come. They would show the robots. The, the hall, the, the hallway was filled with people observing the robots. And so this father invited his son to go this particular time. Because he wanted the son to take over, hopefully take over the business once he retired or, or died. And so the son went, and when they got there, the son took his seat in the meeting. The father went up and did his thing because he owned the business. And he said, okay, son, according to this story, it's so amazing story. Have a seat and just watch and see what's going on. And so the son took his seat. And he watched, and the son saw all his favorite movie stars. He saw the new cast. He saw everyone, right? And he was amazed by it. And so at the end of the meeting, the father went back to the son and said, hey, let's go to lunch, according to the son. Let's go to lunch. Okay, it's lunchtime. And so the father asked the son, what did you see in that meeting? What did you observe about it? And according to the story, the son was like, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Me ask me that question. He was like, was there anything in this meeting that you observed for yourself? He said, not really. Except I saw all my favorite people, you know, the ones that he worshipped, movie stars and things like that. And so the father said, okay. And, and so they had the second half of the meeting. The father said, okay, go back and have a seat. And when we end tonight, I want you to tell me what did you see for yourself in the meeting? <clears throat> and he said, all right. And so long story short, the meeting ended. And the guy saw all these famous people, all these people he thought were smart and above him. And he said, okay, son, what did you see? He's like, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? The son can figure out what it is that he wanted that the father wanted him to see, right? And so the father said, okay, let's go over to the other warehouse. Or there was another warehouse and uh, where they built the robots. You know what I'm saying? And so they went into the warehouse, and when the son walked in the warehouse, 
the identical people that was in the in the conference were in the warehouse, except that they had no life. You know, the bulbs, was, the battery were dead, so they were not functioning, right? And they were laying all on the floor. They had not completed those robots. And, and the son saw that, and he realized that we're all robots. We just all look the same and act the same, but it's just robots. We're following the crowd. We're following what they say. We're following what they do. Everybody look alike because they act alike. They say the same thing. They do the same thing. They believe the same thing. And the father said to say, yeah, we're all robots. It's hard to find an individual who has truly, truly separated from the crowd. And they can see for themselves what's going on in them and outside of them. And the son was blown away by that because he didn't realize that he could not see until he was able to see. He thought everybody were the same. I mean, he thought that they were different, that they were smarter, they, whatever, right? And that's what's happening in the world today. If you don't see what's going on, you're a robot. You feel good about being wrong. You feel good about hurting other people. You think you're better than everyone else. You feel good about gossiping. You feel good because you're a robot. It makes you think you're better than someone else. Christ said, let you without sin cast the first stone. And the first thing you do is cast a stone. Have you noticed that? And you got, you don't have to. But there's not one other human being on earth, I don't know who it is, that is higher than you or less than you. We're all the same, right? But if you're in your mind, you'll put them up there and, and you'll blame them for it. Oh, you made me. I didn't even know you thought that way. What's up? <laughs> you blame the person that you put up there. And so what I recommend is that you do this, you commit to the prayer because you don't know the depths how evil your thoughts are. And, then, and I say your thoughts, your thoughts made you think, and they are not your thoughts, but seem like your thoughts, right? Your thoughts made you think whatever it want to make you think. Your thoughts have made you think you're an alcoholic. And then you'll go to an alcoholic drug meeting thing or a drug out of meeting, and then they'll have you stand up in, in the meeting and say, my name is Jojo, and I'm an alcoholic. Everybody go, yeah. <laughs> Applauding you being an alcoholic. <laughs> and now you, your ego, it's all ego. It's all ego. Your ego loves the applause because the ego reacts to the joy of feeling good about being an alcoholic, right? And so now you're happy about being an alcoholic. Because you, you reacted to that a little bit. It felt good. It felt good. But then somebody come along and say, you know what? You are no good alcoholic. Now you react to that. Now you feel bad. And you're mad. Because the person said you are no good alcoholic. That is all ego. That's not us. That's that spirit that made a home in us. We didn't do that. And we are not in control of anything. Not one person. And so you got to relax and let God's will be done. And don't, when things happen, don't hurry up and try to repair it. You can't repair it. You just make it worse. Because it's all spiritual. And of ourselves, we can do nothing. And I highly recommend 
you stop naming and claiming. That's not who you are. You're not a lesbian. You're not a gay person, homosexual. You're not a drug addict. You're not an alcoholic. But the world got you naming and claiming it. And life and death is in the power of the tongue. Whatever you say is what you start to believe. And you get deeper into it. That is not you. That's that wicked spirit that made a home in you because you became angry. And it entered you and it, so it turned you away from the Father toward the world and you become as the world. Those spirits make a home in the world, justify those spirits for you. And then when you can't overcome it, you start judging yourself. You get mad at yourself because you can't make yourself overcome it. The ego wants you to think that you can. The ego is all lies all the time because it's evil. I've never seen a world where people can make you say that you're something that you're not. I'm a thief. And now you become a real thief. But if you see that you're stealing and that's not what you want, that it's something else that's wrong, you might not even understand what it is. And don't fight it, but just know that something is wrong, you can overcome it. You'll see that. That's not who you are. Some people feel shy and insecure in front of an audience, right? That's not the real you. That's that thing that's telling you, oh, look at the audience. They're looking at you. You know, you didn't put your lipstick on right this morning. Your fro is not combed. <laughs> and the moment you believe it, you start to feel shy and insecure and, want, and can't wait to get off the stage. I'm telling you, you got to let go. And when fear comes, just pay attention. You will see it's all ego. You are afraid of losing something that you are attached to. Because when you turn away from the Father, you are now attached to the outer world. People, places, and things. Your money, your so-called friends, your this or that. You become attached to it. And the first suggestion of taking that away from you, you trip out. Because you're attached to it. God wants us in the world, but not of it. And so when you allow yourself to go through that, he is detaching you from whatever is so important to you. He'll take care of you, but he doesn't want you attached to anything. Um, so stop saying, it's that spirit in you, it's not you, right? So stop naming it and claiming it as though it's yours. You're not an alcoholic. You're not a drug addict. I was counseling with a couple by uh, Skype, and when they were dating one time, the boyfriend went to a bar or something like that, they said. And he said that he, when he got back to his girl, he said, she's like, where you been? I've been to work. I'm getting off work late. And she said, oh, yeah. It's funny. I call your job. You went at work. <laughs> and she became angry at him because he didn't say, well, I went to the bar or whatever and she judged him in that very moment. And, and uh, some years went by, and another time, he was really, after they got married, they, they had a few kids, this time he was really at work, running late, and which was unusual because he's normally home and doing his thing. And so she said to him, 
where you been? Well, before he got home, Satan already told her that he's at the bar. Just like years later. <laughs> and, and so she believed it. And when she believed it, she became angry. She became emotional. And she was overreacting. Satan would tell her, oh, uh, he at the bar. He's still lying to you. He this and that. She didn't realize that was then and this is now. Because you did something yesterday, that doesn't mean it. That doesn't mean that's who you are today, right? It's a new, a new beginning. It's the day when life begins. <laughs> and so Satan is already working on her mind. Watch, when he come in here, he's going to act like he ain't been to the bar. He's going to act like he was at work, right? Already working on her. Because when, if Satan can get you to overreact to one thing, He's going to dump on you, make you overreact to another thing and another thing. And no one can convince an angry person that they're wrong. Have you noticed that? The moment you become angry, ain't no convincing you. You, you, you could say that, but you know what? You're just angry. It's not that way. Yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> you cannot convince an angry person. And so the... Uh, the husband couldn't convince the wife that he was at work. He's like, no, honey, I was, I was really at work this time. <laughs> no, you wasn't. You lied before. So you're lying now. He couldn't convince her. So finally they set up a counseling thing. And so we were sitting there talking. This has been a while back. They've been having this battle over nothing. Over a lie. And so finally I asked her, I said, Okay, he went to the bar years ago when he said he was at work. That was then. What is your proof now that he was at the bar? And she paused for a minute. She couldn't think of any proof. She just said that I I just knew it. (laughs) She thought she told herself that. But Satan told her and reminded her of something that's already done, already is over. He told her he at the bar, he's at the bar, but it, it sounded like her, she said. It sounded like her. But what happened, she had a glimpse of the truth that she had gotten into the head again, into the lies of the thought. And when she had that little glimpse of the truth, the light shine, the spirit of God shine on the darkness so she can see, she realized, oh, honey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> you're right. I had no proof you were at the bar. I didn't call the job this time. But she believed a lie because it was based on something that already had happened. And she judged him way back there and still judged him. And she was so glad to see that and apologize for what she had done to him. She gave him hell. <laughs> and the more he tried to prove that he wasn't at the bar, the worse she got. Because Satan said, he lying. He was at that bar. And with no proof, but she believed the darkness of the imagination. You got to let go now and just let God who will let yourself feel the fear. Let yourself feel the doubt. Let yourself feel whatever, knowing that you're helpless. And when you have fear, just know that's not of God. In God, there is no fear. In Satan, that is fear. But not in God. Perfect love casts out fear. And so just know you 
somehow or another you're in your head, you may not uh, realize at the time, but let yourself, let it pass through you. Go toward it and relax in it and let it pass. It's going to blow your mind. Because you'll get a, a little light and that little light is everything. It gives you hope. It allows you to see. It causes you to realize you're not in control and that you can't do anything about anything. You can't do anything about yourself or anyone else. It really will. A little light will come, but you've got to calm down. And don't try to not make yourself feel that way. The fear, the doubt, and all that, because you'll get worse with that. You're still playing God. I'm all in now. I'm just... That sin, uh, sickness was the best thing that happened to me. Because it caused me to be alone... I didn't even want the TV on or anything. The TV was boring. I didn't want to listen to Nick or Hate on the show. <laughs> I would literally start to listen to the show sometimes. Like, nah. I just couldn't listen to it. <laughs> I like you, Hate. You, you, the Hate Report. Yeah. <laughs> And I really, really want, I don't care what happened then, don't let Satan tell you the outcome. Because Satan hates you, and God loves you. Satan wants your soul, and so does God. God wants you back with him, and he wants to be one with you. One. And through prayer, that will happen. But you've got to completely let go. And so, uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so what you say and believe is what you will become, what you start living, right? You become. And so all these affirmations and things that people have you to do, that ain't going to work. I get, you get up in the morning, tell you, get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say how wonderful you are. <laughs> how wonderfully made you are. You ever heard the Christian say that? I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and wonderfully made. I'm like, what does that mean? I have no idea. But they affirm the lie to convince themselves and try to avoid the fear, try to avoid letting go. But you got to completely let go. All thoughts are all lies all the time. And, and those things that Satan wants you to believe that you are and the names that people call you, that's not who you are. That's a thing that made a home in you. And it feels like it's you. And it drives you because you've not returned to the Father so you don't have the power of, the, of love to fight it on your behalf. So stop judging yourself. Try to avoid it, but stop judging yourself. There's literally nothing we can do about anything. And when you become afraid, it's a sign that Whatever that you're afraid of, it has control over you. Really. God will take care of us. And I want to warn you. Do what you want. But do not. Do not reach outside for anything. It's not out there at all. It's totally inside of you. And so you got to relax inside. And sometimes when that battle is happening, you believe the lie. It's difficult. You be wanting to hurry up and be over. Where will this end? Why so long, right? Why not? Just relax. It's like, and God got you. And if it gets so hard, it looks like you can't handle it. Jesus helped you through the pain. 
Jesus, help me. I can't handle this. But you've got to let every thought go about everything all the time. Thoughts are wicked and it run deep because it's an evil spirit that made a home in you. And keep your eyes on yourself and wish everybody else well. Love your enemy. Ask yourself. They cannot help it. They can't see. They really can't help it. You know how the world going crazy right now? People like breaking into stores and robbing and stealing and blaming others for their issues and all this. And you look at them and you think, wow, those are some crazy people. They need to be locked up. And they need to be this, right? Really what you're looking at is that thing that's in you. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at it in the world, acting out, but it's the same thing in you. Except you're trying, to, you're realizing that it's not you, but it's the thing that made a home in you. But it's the same spirit out there, and they're not seeking at the point, and so they're just going crazy thinking that it's them. It make them do whatever they want. You see that, wow, it's crazy to break in and steal somebody's stuff. But if you don't understand yourself, you want to understand that that person can't help it. It's totally wrong, but they literally cannot help themselves because they're totally in the darkness of their imagination. And then the children of the lie, the media, their leader. This is why you, you don't want a human leader over you at all, because they could feed into that lie if they wanted to control you. And so uh, you got when you see those folks out there, don't judge them. You're really looking on the outside at what's happening on the inside of you. And it's not you, but it's the spirit in you. We are possessed until God depossesses us. Un- what do you call it? What do you take it away? Exorcism. Yeah, exorcism. That's exactly what happens. He eventually takes it away from you. But you got to totally let go and t- stop blaming yourself and others for it. There's nothing to do about it. And it's all ego. There is no me and there's no I. There's no... You, there's literally no you at all. It's just good and darkness. There is, no, but Satan makes you think that there is a me. I did this and I did that and I want this and I want, that's not you at all. There is no you in your head. Just think about that. There is no you. But Satan gives you a false illusion that it's you. I lost my cat and now I'm mad. The cat is gone. Why be mad? Get another cat. (laughs) If you got to have a cat. (laughs) I did not lose my cat. The cat is gone. That makes sense. Why are you crying? My dog died. Get another dog. That was your dog. That dog belonged to dog. He didn't belong to you. But you identify with the dog and who let the dogs out, right? And so when the dog die, you feel like you're dying. You don't own that dog. That dog gone back to dust. Yeah. <laughs> we don't own anything. We're not in control of anything. But the ego wants you to think that you are. Because the ego makes you think that it's you. And it's not you. 
Isn't that amazing? Really. This is why I, I encourage you to know thyself. You can never, 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 but never, ever, ever, but never, 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 ever, ever, ever take your eyes off self. Really. You can't look at your fellow man. You got to keep that on yourself. And when you can see self, which is not you, then you see clearly the world around you. You'll be able to see it. And you'll see the battle that's happening. Isn't that like amazing? But you got to let go. You got to fall into the ego so you can let go. Because you're, Satan is trying to protect the ego so he can kill you. You're not your ego. You possess and it think and feel like you, but it's not you. It's that thing that made a home in you. Yes, ma'am. Do you believe that dogs have souls? Your dogs? Horses, dogs, No, cats. animals don't have souls. How, how do you know? Because they're not made in the image of God. Only human beings are made in the image of God. We're the only ones that have souls. Animals do what they've been programmed to do. I don't know the Bible that much, but didn't Noah take all these animals with him in the ark for a reason? Yeah. For what reason? To keep it going once the flood came. So they could produce more animals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the point of having animals in this world? I mean, because they give you so much love. Animals don't have love. The reason that you think... <laughs> what the... The reason you think you're getting love from an animal because you lack love. And so what the animal does is make your ego feel good. And it, the ego is far so it feels like it's love. You get the dog, you get home, the first thing the dog does, lick your hand. You feel so loved. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when you get home, the cat come right over to you and just whirl all around you. You're like, oh, somebody love me. <laughs> the cat just do what cats do. But your ego, because you lack love, which is, can only come from God, it makes you feel like you love. That's why people are taking cats and dogs on the airplanes now. They want that constant feeling of being loved. Because they resent human beings. And they resent themselves, so they set apart from love. And so they got to find something else to make you feel like, when you draw, don't you feel like you just love everybody? <laughs> Have you ever been drunk and look like, all of a sudden, I love my enemy. I love this person that hate me. And then as soon as you're drunk and God, you realize, I still hate them. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. That's all animals do. They give you, they feed your ego. Okay. Any other question? Do you doubt that, or what do you think about that? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just have so many animals, and I love them. I, but you know what? I think I, I do think you're right about resenting human beings. I'd rather be around animals and humans. See there? Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. When human beings can't deal with one another, they go fall in love with animals. Yeah. I, I, 
I do shut a lot of humans out of my life. Yeah. And I'm just all about horses and dogs and we have German shepherds. And, and if I, you notice if that cat should stress you, we have five cats. just playing around, yeah. you want to slap him upside the wall. <laughs> I love them. I love them. They do the cutest things. But I have but, another question. But if you don't, you don't love animals. I do. Because if you can't love one another, how can you love animals? I'd rather deal with animals than deal with humans. But I, God said that we should love one another, even out of enemy. I know, yeah. Because he is love. And as his daughter, when you return back, you know how you're out there in the world, you're in your head, your ego, you think your ego is you, and you finally realize, I'm not my, I'm not my ego. What the? Now you go back to the father, he looked down the road and he see you coming. He's like, wow, here come Jojo. Jojo is coming back home. Kill the calf. We're going to celebrate because he's not going to judge you for being out in the world. He knows that you couldn't help yourself. You couldn't see, right? But um, he'll cut the fatty calf. He wants us back home. And he made that. But you cannot get back home until you let go. Let yourself go through what you got to go through so he can destroy the not you, the ego part. Because Satan, pay attention. You'll see how Satan talks to you. And when you see it, don't try to do anything about it. Don't deny it. Don't, uh, don't try to hold on to it or not hold on to it. Don't call it good. Don't call it evil. You are just the observer of what's going on. And the only way you can see it is the light of the Father shining on it. Because you're in darkness when you believe into it, and you can't see. There's no light in darkness at all. Darkness is pure wickedness. So just relax and Satan tell you, you know what? You're going to fall in the bridge, you're going to jail, you this and you that. And you get afraid to try to do something about it, you end up in jail. Or you end up destroying your whole, own house or your own self, your kids, your family. Really, I'm telling you, you are not, your thoughts, they are not from God. They are wicked. Satan pretend to be God. And there's no love in them. And every time you react to the outer thing out there, Satan gets you to react, it makes you judge, you get deeper into it. And you think your thoughts are your own. You think your judgment is right. We can't judge. We're not God. Yes, ma'am. So all, all thoughts are all lies all the time. What yeah. about good thoughts? What? Good thought. Good thoughts? No such thing as good thought. And that's what he does. He pretend to be good. And he pretend to be bad, right? And so that's why I say when you're looking at these thoughts, don't call what seemed to be good, good. And don't call what seemed to be bad, bad. You're just the observer without an opinion. Because what happens is when you make an opinion or decision that, oh, this is a good thought. I feel pretty good about this. Then that's Satan making that decision for you. And then as soon as something happened, that good thought has gone back into bad. And then you say, well, this is bad. And so you're like, that's right. But he's making it bad. We don't have, as humans, we can't make a decision about anything. We don't have it our opinion. What about to have an action, you have to have a thought behind that action. To have an action. An action, like if I'm going to do something, I have to have thought about what I'm going to do. For example. That's why you doubt every thought. And you're right about that. But if you doubt every thought, you would never have an action behind it. You'll just live right here in the present and be guided by the light. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants to give you a thought so you can do, take an action 
And in that action, he's like feeding you more and you end up making the wrong decision. He wants you to take an action. God wants you to be still. Satan wants you to take an action. The last thing Satan wants you to do is to be still. He doesn't want you to be still and pray. He doesn't want you to be still when situations happening out there or in here. He wants a reaction. So he give you a thought so you can react. And the moment you react, he got you. But in action as far as doing something, for example, you have your nonprofit. You had to have, you had to at one point in your life, had to have those thoughts come into your mind that I want to rebuild the man and I want to. That's a very good point. But you're so wrong. Because what, and I understand uh, so I, when I yeah. say you're wrong, what happened was I had no plan. I never grew up thinking I would be doing anything that I'm doing now. I had no plan of having a bond. I had no plan of anything. But and so that's why I want people to know when I'm, I'm being guided by God to do what I do. But I still have to pray and watch and be with. Him. I'm just Jesse. And the father's not judging me the way human being judging. If he wants you, he's, his grace is such that he's not going to hold anything against you. And he's going to use that, use you for whatever means. It's like what Paul said. I asked God to take away the vice three times and he didn't do it. He just said, my grace is good enough for you, right? But I'm a guide you. I need you. So he used you because he changes the heart so the, the love can work through you to bring back people to him, right? And he'll do the rest. And I was talking to a lady who was in our family, but she went to my school, and she was one grade ahead of me. And she was telling me, you know what? They call me Punchy. Punchy. You know, Punchy, when I think about you and when we talk about you, <laughs> we never mad you be doing what you're doing. We just didn't know what you were going to turn out to be. <laughs> I'm like, what the? And they were right, because I didn't like school, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't learn a lot in school. But what happened was, when I started Bond, it's because it occurred to me. I didn't think about it. I didn't come up with a plan. I didn't do that. And I've just been fortunate enough, because of him, to just one day at a time, over 31 years, I've never had a plan. And people have wanted me to have a plan. You know, what's your plan for this? And I just never had a plan because I don't know what to do on myself. You know, and I wasn't trained to run a business or anything. So it never came out of my head. It always comes out of my heart. And sometimes I walk through this building, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I don't know where it came from. It came from out of the darkness or out of the non-existence to the existence. And that's how he'll do to you. He has a plan for you, but as long as you're in your head, believe you have your own plan, then he can't work through you. I understand. I understand. Are thinking and thoughts the same, kind of the same? Let's say that you want to build a, a cat house for your cats. Yeah. You have a bunch of cats, right? Mm, the, my whole family, we have five cats, two German Shepherds, a Maltipoo, a Yorkie, a Pony. Y'all must really hate one another. A <laughs> Anybody got that many animals? And so you say, you know what, I'm going to build an animal shelter. And so you figure, you know, you learn, you you find out how to build with your brains. You find out how to build this shelter for the animals, right? And once it's built, you don't need to think about it anymore. But you don't live by that. You don't live by your thought. You live by faith. You live by the light of God. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why I encourage everybody to do the prayer so he can bring you out of the imagination is a mess. It really is very deceptive. And it'll make you blame others for you being deceived. It really will. Because you don't know yourself well enough to see what's going on. You're not paying attention. Pray and watch. And I want to encourage you when you pray, turn off everything. And you feel like you're about to die. And you're like, it's hard to sit still. A lot of people say, I can't sit still that long. I had to be up in five minutes. God said, when he asked for the prayer, can't y'all at least stay up for one hour? One little hour. People can't stay up for an hour. Because their ego can't stand stillness. It cannot stand the light. Because it knows that God is going to remove it. And it doesn't want to lose you. It wants your soul. It's all ego. Me, 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 me. You hurt my feeling. I want this, and I want that, and I want it my way, or no way. And you did this to me, and you didn't know you. It's your ego being hurt. I literally know friends who would get mad at one another. You know, they would get mad, oh, you yelled at me. Now they don't want to be friends no more. They don't realize it was the ego that was hurt by the yelling, and so if they realize it, they'll be grateful for that because it will allow you to see your ego is not you and you'll be grateful. Bad things, so-called bad things, I wouldn't call them bad or good. Everything happens for a reason. And it's to help you to overcome the ego. Did I see your hand? Yes. And then I saw your hand, I'll come to you. Just when I was locking my car... I walked across, I locked my car. I walked across the street and Satan's like, you didn't lock your car. Someone's yeah. going to steal your car. I'm like, yeah. Holly, are you really doing this? And I was like, fine, the car means more. I hope they, someone takes it because like, you're not free that you're like still thinking about you, this car, you know? you thought. Yeah. And if he could get you to go back to check your car once, he can make you go back another time. <laughs> and this time you check all the doors. <laughs> and then he'll say, well, how about the window? The window is not up. And then you're like, no, the window's up. And then the window's not up. And then you go back and now you got to hit the windows to make sure they're up. I remember I, I used to go to the post office and, and you get the mail out of the box and I'll lock it. I'll make sure it's locked, right? And you can't even take the key out of the lock, out of the mailbox, unless it's locked. So you can't lock the mailbox back without using the key, right? You open it with the key, and you have to close it with the key. And so I would close it, and I'll have the keys in my hand, and I'm walking out the door, and she said, oh, you didn't lock the mailbox. <laughs> I was like, no, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and she would say, no, you didn't. You need to go back and check it. And in my beta mail state, I would go back and check it, and the mailbox would be closed. And because it's kind of low, I can kick it. I would kick it to make sure it's locked. My footprint is all over the mailbox door. But because at that time, I didn't understand the depths of thoughts. I didn't understand. You can't give in to them one iota. Every thought is a lie 
all the time. Thoughts of wicked. You're not an insecure person. You're not a shy person. You're not this or that, but it'll make you think it, and when you believe it, you act it out. You think, you feel, and then you act. That makes sense? So please, if you want to return to the Father, you got to watch those thoughts. And just live in the presence, follow him, and amazing things will happen. Because he is all love, all the time. He love us, and you were created in love. He love you. He want you back with him. Because he know the devil is tormenting you. I've never heard so many bad stories since counseling how the devil is tormenting human beings today in ways that you never imagined. People literally being tormented, and then in that fallen state of being tormented, they want to torment other people. It doesn't just stop with them. They get an ego pleasure out of trying to hurt someone else. All thoughts are all lies for us, I'm telling you. So you might wear relaxing when they come. Just relax. Ain't nothing you can do about it. And don't play God. Yes? Wait, can I just say about animals? There's no way, like, an animal wonders, like, what his purpose is, you know, or, like, wants to reconcile with God or right. his creator. So yeah. maybe they have, like, a soul where they're like, oh, my owner's, like, sad. But there's no spirit. You know what I mean? Just saying. The animal is not walking around thinking, you know, I'm going to go to Harvard. <laughs> And I'm going to become a dog doctor. I saw some dogs die. My best friend dog had cancer. And so the way I'm going to give back, I'm going to go to dog school. You know what I mean? Or, or cats don't decide, you know what, my husband left. I got all these little kittens. <laughs> he left me, got me pregnant, now he's gone. So I got to get a job <laughs> so I can take care of all my little kittens. So tomorrow I'm going out to Sears and get me a job. <laughs> Only human beings do that. Humans are created an image of God, not the cats <laughs> and not the dogs. It's just that you lack love. You have not returned to the father, so you don't have love. And you're out there looking for something or someone to love you, to make you feel better. It doesn't make you well. It doesn't do anything for your soul. It just keeps you in a lost state mode. Because now you think you're loving the cat, and the cat loves you. That cat don't love you. (laughs) That cat is happy you feed it. That cat really rather be outdoors, but since you're making it stay in the house, it gets used to standing in an environment. When we had cats, we had a little cat hole where the cat could go in and out. That way we never had to use those little potty things. We didn't have to go to the store and buy all that stuff and put it in the pan. So when the cat take a dump in the pan, you smell it. Because we had a little hole where the cat could go in and out. But now they got cat houses, cat pans, and cat this, dressing the cat. You know you're crazy. When you... <laughs> When you put an outfit on a dog or a cat, <laughs> you lost it. <laughs> you, have, you need Jesus. At that point, just know you need Jesus. All right. Um, did I see another hand? Okay, right here. I have a question about 
multiple dog owners or multiple cat owners. I have this lady in our neighborhood. She owned four small dogs in an apartment, strawberry blonde. And uh, she's like mid-30s, very attractive. And, <laughs> and uh, she was like... You're not letting that get past. She, I, I, I mean, I'd be walking down the neighborhood, and she's extremely antisocial. And I was like, well, okay, this is an interesting character. She's finally gone from our neighborhood, and I wonder what happened to her. But anybody that owns one dog is normal. Two is a little wacky. Three is insane, and four is certified mental. Yeah, right. You know, and I I believe that for cats too. You can own one cat, it's fine. But you own two, you're going a little off the deep end. And three, anybody that owns two, three or four cats or three or four dogs is is a nut job. It's a nut job, and uh, they're socially inept. Yeah. Like socially retarded. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's, it's, it's a fact. You know, you try talking to a, 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 it goes, you have, you own four cats. I'm going to try to have a normal conversation with you. You're an idiot. Yeah. Right? And you own four dogs. You're an idiot. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you can't talk to people. You know, and, but and make it goes, sure. and but, I goes, you know what? You know, it's just like you live through your animals, but you know, you're living in a world. Yeah, but people, make sure that men you don't. And women. Make and, sure you, you know, don't. Like, hey. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Make sure you don't judge the cat lady. Yeah, I know. Because I know. you really can't She's a see. She's job, though. No. no. Uh-uh. Right. Don't judge the cat lady because well, if you judge the cat lady, you become a nut job, too. Uh, because what happens is. We, yeah, it's. Well, when you judge a cat lady, it makes you feel better about being wrong. Yeah. Now you think you're above the cat lady, and I would never do anything like that, and blah, 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 right? The cat lady just cannot see, that's all. If the cat lady were able to see, she would reconnect with the father so she could love human beings. And she would be able to deal with human beings, and when she got a cat, it would be the right kind of relationship with the cat. It wouldn't be a form of identity. So do not judge. You're no better than the cat lady. Yeah, okay. All right, so cut it out. Yeah. Let her have the mic, Mr. Judgment. Yeah, I want you guys to remember that. When you judge somebody else, you're really judging yourself. You're looking at yourself. So what would be the difference of, like, the observation, right? I mean, I'm assuming he's judging because he's calling her what? Retarded? Yeah. Um, but just observing, like... I was considering about getting a, a dog, right? And then I started walking my neighbor's dog, and I'm like, oh, heck no, I can't be doing this every day. Yeah. I'm like, I'd rather have a kid, a child, than, yeah. you know, take care of a dog. But, um, yeah, what would be the difference, I guess, between the observation and the judgment? Uh, when you become aware, truly aware that caused by God, you discern. So you see the cat lady with a bunch of cats. You see it, but you don't judge her. You realize she can't see, but you don't judge her because you're really looking from the light of God at your enemy, your neighbor. And you can see, wow, I used to be, I couldn't see. And so you would never, we are Christians, those who are truly born again of God, they just serve. They do not judge. So I agreed with some of the things that he said because I did have a, a a neighbor with a lot of cats, right? And um, I did realize that it was difficult for me to have a 
conversation with this lady. It was just like high and uh, high and by type of and thing. And that's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, as long as you don't judge the lady. Just as we can't help ourselves, none of us can help ourselves. She can't help because she's in blindness. And you be a good example by not judging her. You know, you see her, hey, how you doing? She speak back, fine. If she doesn't, fine. But do not, we are not God. And that's what's going to happen when you come out of the darkness of imagination. You're not, it's going to be impossible to judge your fellow man, no matter what happens. You will not be uh, fall to anger. Anger is judgment. And so you will discern, but you will have that love that's working through you, and you will know that she just can't help it. When I see people bringing animals on the plane and all that, I know something wrong with that. You know, because they're looking for this comfort. And so they got to have this false comfort of the ego everywhere they go, on the airplane and all that. And they can't help it. And I understand it. I'm no better. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you another question. Oh, let me take here first. Okay. And then I come. Uh, a quick question about, um, like, when, if someone has a problem, like, say someone had a problem with, with another person, and, um, you know, we're supposed to forgive one another. Once we go, to, you know, with the forgiveness, I notice that some people will say, like, oh, I, like, oh, this person's over there, so I don't, I don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I'm thinking, did they really forgive them? Or because I think if you forgive someone, that means that you can you can still be around them. You Absolutely. may not you may not have to want to interact with them because they may act a fool or whatever. And you're just thinking, like, ah, I don't. I don't want to, like, interact with you too much, but I'm okay to be around you. You know what I mean? If you truly, truly have forgiven, to forgive is to forget. Because if you remember, you're still judging that person, right? That's true. And so if you have truly forgiven, you just have a wait-and-see attitude because as you're understanding what's going on with you, it will help you understand what's going on with that person. And so if you're around that person, you're not bothered by it. And, and you don't run away from that person. But if you don't deal with the person, that's fine, too. You just don't judge them. You can, if you're around me, you're fine. When people say, oh, I don't want to be around that person, right? What they're really saying is, I'm judging that person. And I think I'm better than that person. So I don't even want to be around that person. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but sometimes they'll say, like, oh, oh no, I forgave that person. I forgave that person. And, and you're like, oh, okay, well... Well then, come with come with us. We're gonna go to this thing or whatever. Right. And they're like, I don't want to be around that person. Yeah, they haven't forgiven. You know? So yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, but sometimes people, when I talk to people, I'm like, oh, you know, telling them, asking if they forgave, if they've forgiven this person or whatever. I just, I was just thinking, like, how sh- how should I think about that when they say, oh, I don't want to be around the person because I'm. Thinking, you say, oh, okay, and yeah. let, they don't have to be around. Well, I was just thinking in my head, like, did they really forgive this oh, person? Because. Yeah. Yeah, and then with I, the cats. And again, don't get in your head about it. What, what if you because, have two cats? With let the me just say this. No, because this is important. No, let me tell you. <laughs> and so if someone says, well, I don't want to be around that person. I forgave them, but I don't want to be around them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get in your head about that either. You just wish them well. Yeah, and yeah. You go ahead. Because yeah. if you get in your head about that, they're going to make you judge them. He's going to tell you, oh, they didn't forgive. Who do they think they are? They think they are forgiven. You know, he'll feed your mind. Yeah, that's true. I want you to really, really know all thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. And if you listen to one thought, oh, that person really didn't forgive, right? You're now judging. 
you're now in darkness believing a lie, and he would tell you this, he would tell you that, and now you're telling your wife, you know what, that person ain't really forgive. They don't want to be around. Yeah. You know, do not believe any thoughts about anything at any time. Or if someone says, if someone says, oh, you're, you're, you're being like this, like my sister, for instance, she said, oh, you're being like dad. And I was like, well, I love my dad, so I don't know if that's a... If that's right. an insult, I don't know. <laughs> what she's, because she can resent your father, her father, which is your father. Yeah, yeah. And if you resemble him, she resent you too. That's, that's, yeah. Because okay. you look and act like your father. And so she would treat you like yeah, you yeah. traumatized her. See what? She would treat you like you're the one that made her mad or something, you know, because she resent the father. Yeah, she's That's older, what a lot of mothers sister. do to children. If the kids are close to their fathers, the mother hate that child. And she were overtime to turn the rest of the kids against you. She made you seem like the bad guy because you're close to your father. Satan doesn't even want you close to your spiritual father. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's constantly distracting you to keep you from returning to the spiritual father. Yeah. And, and so likewise, those who have anger, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, Amazing, true. huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, oh, you... What? <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, I was just saying because you said you said two. I, I feel like it, but but the point is, this: if you want a cat, get a cat or a dog, but just don't get an identity from them. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. Don't attach yourself to the cat. Ran away, and I was just like, oh. right. If they if they ran away, they either they'll come back or they're dead. That's right. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But they got one of them got pregnant, so now we have four. So I'm thinking, am I insane or like what's going on? Just uh, don't attach yourself <laughs> to the like cat. Like going to a mental hospital. Right. <laughs> yes. I just want to say that just because you have animals doesn't mean you're socially inept. I think you're stereotyping people. Listen, <laughs> what you're doing right now, you're letting that get to you. Yeah. But it's just he's no, 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 no. <laughs> but you shouldn't let that bother you. Stay just talking to you about it. Yes. I think, like, I used to be a vegan for, like, many years. I really was, like, diehard. I'd argue with my parents. I mean, it was rude to people, you know, and I didn't like yeah. people. I could be rude to people and defend animals and felt righteous. But I think somewhere in the Bible it says something like, animals are made for us to enjoy. But it doesn't mean it's like they're under us, though, at the same time. Right. And when we worship yeah. an animal, it's, I've noticed, like, you know, sometimes we can forget our own kids or our own friends. And that's where I think it gets twisted. But I think yeah. I think that's the point. You know, there is a truth about the crazy cat lady thing. doesn't mean that you're that. No. But there are people who are projecting their their love onto only animals. Yeah. And it's, and it's almost selfish to the animal, too, if we're just using them for us and have all these rules for them and putting them in uncomfortable vests and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, as long as we're loving animals, they, and like he said, it goes back to the dog when it passes, that, that it has its own experience. Yeah. And I've had pit bulls and stuff, and I used to, whatever, they want to do their own thing. But I think what he's saying is, is true, too. It's like, you know, not for you. I don't think he would have said that to you directly. I think it's more about... No, he would have said that behind your back. Yeah, right? But he wasn't say, he, but he wasn't speaking. I don't think he was speaking to you directly. And I, and right. I think you both have a, a valid point, which is different. I think it's just too personal. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm sure he didn't mean to attack you. Okay. 
Okay. Well, yeah. Hey. Well, anyways, it's cool that you like. Anyways, anyways, this is a we got to move on. Yeah, we got to move on. Yeah, we got to move on. All right. Um, yes, sir. Last word. I have an abundance of house plants. I wonder if that's a issue. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and you just love your plants, right? They can't even move. They're all right. It, it keeps me busy. I, I like to take care of them because right. uh, it's uh, it just keeps me busy. So it keeps and if me one should die, would you cry? Now I'll be dead. So they gotta. You just realize it's dead. No, oh, the plants. Yeah. Uh, well, they don't. Do they haven't cr- died yet. Nobody died. <laughs> no, not yet. A couple uh. have. Uh, one, one, uh, one I messed up on, but I learned from it. And yeah. then another one I replanted somewhere, and someone dug it up. So that was kind of sad, but but it's gone. You, you know? were sad when they dug it up. A little bit, because I like to look at that plant. You're like, oh, my baby it's- gone. Uh. Were you like, oh, my baby gone? Oh, not too much. I can't find my mama. I want to make a joke about it. I was going to, I can't remember. I was, I was going to do something like put out a, a piece of paper that said, uh, Have you seen this? Yeah, plant? basic plant. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I got an end. So, let me just ask before I end. Do you understand? And you need to see it for yourself, though, not because I said it. Because if you don't see the depths of how wicked thoughts are and that they're not from God, they're not from you, you are not your thoughts. It's a spirit that made a home in you. If you don't see that clearly for yourself, you're not going to make it. You're going to give up. Really, you're going to give up. But if you see it clearly for yourself, you're going to let go and that ego will die, then you will live. All right, so make sure you do the prayer and watch yourself, no matter what happens. Keep your eyes on yourself. You understand the world around you and stay with it and do the prayer. I recommend, you know, God said, uh, Christ said, pray without ceasing, right? Because the devil is busy right here. He look for any opportunity to, to get in. He'll use anything to make you react just like that, whatever it might be. So you need to pray and watch so you can start seeing that that's not you. It's just not you. And it's wicked. And so you stop naming and claiming these things. You're not those things. But if you name and claim them, you'll start to believe it. And that's how the world get people to come out the closet, get people to do this, do that, right? They convince you that's who you are. That's not who you are. That's what Satan wants you to think. And you still don't find peace, so you end up committing suicide anyway. Because you're not happy about naming and claiming that you're these evil things, this evil spirit that's in you. It doesn't bring peace. It just prolongs you killing yourself. You want peace. So stop naming and claiming. Become the observer. All thoughts, all lies, all the time. Y'all understand that a little bit? And I'm not saying you're not to enjoy your life. You can go to your little parties and things. But do not let anything outside make you feel good. All right? And when these thoughts come because you are not in control of them, and the fear come or whatever, just relax in it. Don't fight against it. You're not God. You can't do anything about it. All right? So I encourage you to do the silent prayer morning and night and sometime during the day. And after a while, you're going to see a change will come. And just know that 
all thoughts, all that. You've been lied to that you need to be thinking. You've been lied to that you need to come up with your own plan, your own ideas, and you have to have this and that. It's not true. God loves us. He's given us all we need. God, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwells. And Satan trying to make you think it's something else. Relax, folks. And just relax. And go through it. Let that death happen. It feels like dying, but you're really coming alive when you die. We have once to die and once to live, all right? So let that ego die, but you must stay with the prayer. Be still. Satan does not want you to be still. He wants you to overreact. He wants you to feel good. He wants you to feel bad. He got you. Let that pass. Um... So, we're going to be open all, we're open next week, right? Okay, the office is open until Friday of this coming week. Friday is Christmas Eve. So, Friday this week is our last day. Uh, we'll be shut down the office and we're going to do replays from the uh, 25th, right, until the 2nd. We'll be back on the 2nd if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise. And so from all of us, all of us, we want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. And we'll do the Happy New Year thing next week, one thing at a time. Yeah, we still have church that Sunday. No radio show. After the 25th, no office hours and no radio show for one week only, from the 25th until the 2nd. And hopefully Nick will come back. He'll be ready with his show. I don't know what he's going to call it yet. On the second. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, she asked me, what is an anchor baby? So what happened was Nick folks were from Cuba somewhere? Columbia. And so one day his mother got pregnant. And she, the dad allowed. You know how the dad would lead a cat? And so what she did was, it just... Like a minute before the baby got ready to come out, she jumped across the border into America and she dropped the baby. And then she went back home and left the baby here. So like first generation born uh, in America? Are you the first generation, Nick? So tell her what an anchor baby, because I'm exaggerating the story. Yeah, totally exaggerating the story. <laughs> well, basically the son of an illegal immigrant, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you an anchor baby too? Yeah, but my parents are citizens. But, uh, but the anchor baby can even extend beyond just illegals. Like, like what? Like Kamala Harris is an anchor baby, no? <laughs> well, I don't know. My dad I know. That's James. <laughs> what? My dad left to Mexico. <laughs> he went to Mexico to have a baby? Now he just left me and my mom when we were when, when I was in high school. Oh, nice. He moved to Mexico, yes. I can't even imagine that. You were trying to really get away from your mama. <laughs> So listen, so we're out of time. Uh, uh, we have a, a newsletter just went out for the end of this year newsletter. If you'd like to receive a hard copy of it, you can uh, send us your mailing address wherever you want the newsletter to come to. Or call the office at 323-782-1980. 323-782-1980. We have a matching grant of $30,000. A family been helped by us and they're grateful, so they're they give up to 30000 so help me match that. And thank you all so much for what you've done to help us to help others. Do the silent prayer. Watch yourself. Don't watch anybody else. Watch you. Don't overreact. 
you see that God is with you, but that ego must die. It's all ego. I, 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 me, me, me is about ego. There is no you, no I, nowhere. All right. Uh, anything else? Okay. And um, we will have church next Sunday if the Lord is willing and the creek will rise. So I'll see you then. And thank you again. We'll do the Super Chats and D-Lives starting tomorrow on the show. The show is all live all, next, all this week. All right. And thank you all. I hope that this helped today. And uh, do the prayer. Stay out of your head. If you're in your head, relax. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.